So women like boobs, too. It is Friday, January 19th. I am Darren O'Neill, and this is episode number 100 of unrelenting Yay. i wish i had my sound effects but i don't have them plugged into the mac <laughs> you gotta reboot you gotta reroute you gotta do all sorts of things uh, to re 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 i don't know what i want to do dude because that actually brings up a good question because my my stream deck is no longer on the same computer as this simotu device oh the so stream deck is that, I, is that ha- is that a windows only or does that work if no, you no no it works with a mac just fine but i use it on windows so do I need to go and buy another one? God damn it. <laughs> this is always the answer. Shit. The correct answer to everything is always go buy more gear. Well, I have two of them on the PC, but I kind of use both of them. Yeah, same here. I have the big one and then yeah. the little one. I never got the one with the knob yet. So I got not- the one with the knobs and I got the big one. And they have their use. I mean, yeah, although like it's I very depressing. For driving truck. It's very depressing, though, because I use it to keep track of the price of my bitcoin that's what i use the knob one for Uh uh-huh and that Mm -hmm. hasn't been good the last week or so Mm, it's it's going down to more affordable levels what are you talking about that's a good thing see but not when you want to turn it into cash again so i mean well why no 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 no. we want it back down to about 32k so we can buy some more then we buy more and then we wait for the big surge and then we get rid of it yeah i'm thinking 2037 (laughs) 20 wow that's that's really holding it yeah that's my plan been telling people that the other voice you're hearing is gene the oh, somebody say who the hell is on no <laughs> that would be good right yeah <laughs> i did hey, get, wh- i did get wh- asked today how many podcasts do you do it's like a few uh-huh uh-huh there i mean there's really well, only technically four he only does one podcast but he has a lot of interim hosts exactly it's one show it's a daily show it's a daily show with different co-hosts that we just Uh call different things exactly we're all interchangeable and it works ultimately and darren gets all the money so just because i can't find anybody to do the uh the schedule that i do so it just um, no it takes outsourcing and this show episode Mm -hmm. number 100 uh one one donation came in for ten dollars and eighty cents and then uh, there was a boost from CSB. And uh, the, yeah, the CSB is promoting a much more successful show on yes. this show. Why don't we just get that out of the way right now? I mean, this is the beauty, just very much like the last Grumpy Old Ben's. I started the show with the donations because it's like there was one boostagram and there mm-hmm. was one PayPal. So we may as well, uh, we may as well thank the people for their supporting this show. Episode number one hundred. You know, most podcasts when they get to a milestone episode. Mm-hmm. that's when all of the people that have been listening are like oh okay it's time i'll finally send them 10 bucks or i'll finally send them once every hundred episodes i'll send them 10 bucks right yeah and uh, btw did that but he's the only one i mm-hmm. liked i i don't know what the acronym in his donation of 1080 which is paypal for ten dollars plus i will cover the fees so it's always appreciated when people cover mm-hmm. the fees but he great he put in P-I-S-S, so I don't know what that stands for. And then he posted over on No Agenda Social, Darren and Gene successfully guilt-tripped me into donating to Unrelenting. Oh, nice. So I guess we have to do more guilt-tripping. Well, 
I mean, to be fair, for probably the first 75 episodes, I actively told people not to donate. Yes. Which they and I was quite successful you. at that. They all went over to Planet Rage. Un- until we started getting the donations coming from Australia, and then I shut the fuck up. The right. Dale from Down Under mm-hmm. greatly appreciated. We had episode 111 of Planet Rage on Monday, and we got two show number donations. So, I mean, that one. Nice. That one was rocking and rolling. But mm-hmm. our buddy CSB did come in with 11,000 Satoshis. It was up from 10,000 on the last episode. Boy, I wish I wish he wishes that he didn't say I will now donate in dollars instead of sats. Oh, it's, now the it's, it's number changing. of sats is, is going up. Yes. The Bitcoin is going down. Uh-huh. If Bitcoin goes down, the Satoshis go up and vice versa. Yep. But correct. CSB, his bit, which I fully enjoy is mm-hmm. to send boostograms to other shows and then talk about other podcasts that he has nothing to do with. Which is great, yeah. So I, it is... I'm in favor of that. He is a marketing maven. He gets the word out for shows that don't do marketing themselves, mm-hmm. including this one. He says, howdy, comrades, Gene and Darren. That Larry show offers a weekly journey where humor meets insight exploring the junction of absurdity and wisdom larry the host brings a forthright perspective to a variety of subjects mixing satire and sharp observations this podcast is for those who appreciate a direct approach and a good chuckle to explore the episodes visit www.thatlarryshow.com yo csb there you go. Thanks, CSB. I'm sure Larry appreciates that as well. Yeah, I've never heard of that Larry guy. No, no. Well, why? How could you? It's subsonic. Yes, it's he has the voice that everybody wants to have. Mm-hmm. I was in a Jitsi chat the other day with CSB. Oh, you get into that. I saw after the fact I saw it mentioned. I don't normally jump in, but I was like, oh, OK, I have time. It was early. Mm-hmm. It was before 9 a.m. No. And he was in there and he wanted Larry to help him with some voice lessons i'm like i don't think while larry would be i'm sure more than happy to help i don't think that's in his wheelhouse mm-hmm. and i'm like you want to sound like csb and dc girl was like hell i want to sound like C- uh larry <laughs> i want to sound like larry everybody wants to sound like larry uh-huh he's got that instantaneous radio voice i mean i think i have a decent radio voice but like well, he doesn't need a big bottom to make his voice sound good no he doesn't need all the tricks he sounds mm-hmm. like that in real life that's the amazing part yeah the problem is his throat is two U's wide. Right. <laughs> and that's a joke for all the sound engineers out there. No Beret says the P-I-S-S is our big dumb mouth talk, which is another show, which I am not complete. I mean, I know it's a show, but I'm not completely familiar with that. So mm-hmm. there's a lot of shows out there. People listen to them. There are a lot of shows. You enjoy what you enjoy and you support what you can support to keep them around because i was thinking about this back maybe 10 years ago it was Uh still viable when you were getting into podcasting to think hey the end goal may be get noticed and then get a show on some Mm -hmm. kind of terrestrial radio or get picked up right Mm -hmm. now i don't think that's the case anymore i think podcasting is the highest level you could get to with the talk stuff i mean uh, yeah it's certainly not the highest money you can get to but it is probably the better level uh, the, the one thing that has changed in the last several years i would definitely say is people 
don't automatically assume that you've been fired from your job when you say I do podcasting. Right. Yes. It's a little different. Cause that was a, an assumption. Most people made immediately. It's like, well, I've, I've been doing a podcast for the last year. Oh, still haven't found a job. Yeah. I'm still looking. Yeah. So now it's, it's, you know, I, I think it's a little more accepted that oh, maybe it's a legitimate hobby. You know, you'll never make any money, but eh, nothing wrong with you doing it. Unless people like CSB and BTW step up, you go over to unrelenting.show, you click on that donate button on the right-hand column, and that's, uh, I guess we never did set up a whole lot of the crypto thing. So if anybody ever wants to do no. crypto donations, just send me a message and I can set up whatever. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we've this has never been the show where the bottom line was, let's yank and crank as many donations as possible. We've hmm. built a base. Yeah. We now have a track record, a hundred shows. Nobody has ever shows, done a hundred shows with Gene. I was, uh, ex- let me think I was expecting confetti uh, to fall from the ceiling prizes, dancing girls. I mean, I think you're right, but it's actually more than a hundred shows. It's a hundred shows under this title. Correct. My old show, grumpy old Benz. Right. We did probably about 20 10, and 15, maybe take. there on that one. I think it's more like 20, but yeah. We did it for quite a while as I kept pestering you. Let's think of a new name. I did the uh, that other show, that Sir Gene Speak show as well. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He did. And um, yeah, uh, so I think Sir Gene Speaks is, I believe, over 100 episodes, but not with Uh-oh. the same people. Is that like a UPS going off or something? Uh, no, that's an alarm saying, do not disturb me. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, okay. So like I said, I, I haven't, God damn it. I haven't, I moved everything to the Mac as people may have heard in the pre-show after about a year of saying, I need to do this. I finally moved the Motu to the Mac and, um, I'm still in the process of turning certain things off. So I guess the first thing I need to do is turn off the goddamn alerts for everything, which, uh, normally I don't mind because you know it's a, just a little ding noise it's not coming but, directly into the podcast now the good thing about the apple os it's mimicking the ipad os because now i can click one button and say uh do not never notify me and it'll just turn all notifications from all programs off until i flip that switch you could just plug the Motu right into mm-hmm. your iPad and then you wouldn't have to worry about anything. I've tried that. It it sort of works, but it's not ideal. Um, not quite it, up for the, prime it, time. It works with software, with the, like music dedicated software. The problem has always been that there's not really a good podcasting iPad app that's not a musical instrument app. It would um, have the to closest, be one of those online things. Yeah, I actually worked with the developer of uh, Boss Jock um, back about three, four years ago. Well, that was they helped. used to have a great soundboard. Then they got rid of it. Yeah, yeah, they had a great soundboard, and I, I am the reason that they got a uh, uh, a noise gate in there. It was so, one of the first pieces of software I ever bought on the Apple with the because mm-hmm. uh, Boss Jock, man, that was. Yeah, if you wanted to, and I just hooked that thing up via probably the first edition iPad mm-hmm. via the three and a 
half uh, millimeter plug into my mixer to be able to have the sound effects while Just, doing uh, my show. Yeah, so it's like a soundboard thing. Yep. Yeah. Now it's all in mm-hmm. one little device. It's beautiful. Yeah. It it works works well. Uh, although I haven't used it for a while, <laughs> but because uh, I moved all my soundboard shit to the uh, stream deck. Well, now you've got that beautiful Mac audio, which was causing all sorts of clicks and pops. Which it we was causing clicks, and I, I think it's good now. Hopefully, the final version of this episode, we'll find out if people are complaining about random clicky noise. See, I would be hearing it now because I'm recording it, and you're clean. Right. So that's the oddity. Yeah. I guess you I have should to check clean. local recordings on your end to see if that's still causing issues. Um, I, I don't think things. it will like i was hearing the clicks in real time before and i'm oh, not okay. hearing them now well that's a that's a plus yeah yeah because it would it like it would click for both in and out so it would click for you as i was talking or recording myself but i would also hear a click sound for even if you weren't talking i could still hear that there was a click there oh yeah that sounds totally you know it's great it's, it's an, yeah it sounds like uh it it sounded like a bitrate mis- mismatch, which generates clicks or used to before they, I mean, it's not supposed to, cause it's supposed to convert on the fly. Uh, but uh, generally that's the easy fix. And that wasn't the case here. Um, yes, and I think Bandrew's Bandrew's suggestion, I think is the one that actually fixed it. Oh, what did he recommend for you? Uh, he said, make sure that the sound buffer is bumped up. Oh yeah. Yeah, I and, didn't even think of that, but I had to and do that, that. That setting doesn't exist on the Mac, but if I plug it into the PC, that setting shows up. Oh, on the Motu. On the Motu. And so I bumped it up as it was plugged in the PC, and then I plugged it back in the Mac, and that seemed to have taken care of the issue. That's very interesting, because, yeah, uh-huh. that's the one thing in the software that we use to broadcast this that I use for the rock and roll pre-show. Mm-hmm. If the buffer isn't pretty much at the max, yeah. you're going to get pops and clicks if your system has anything else going on with Running latency. Running at all. Yeah, exactly. And you think, and like, well, were, I want it to be really quick, but when you're doing what we're yeah. doing, it, does, it if you're really does not music, matter. It, yeah. it matters. And, and also, it, we're talking, like, freaking nanoseconds here. Yes. We're not even talking milliseconds. So uh, getting getting what is essentially 10 millisecond delay which is really long if you look at the setting options is a non-issue because we can't tell the difference because we're not both doing stuff at the same time it's not like we're playing two instruments trying to synchronize with each other yes i have the audio buffer on the broadcast set to the highest that it has Mm -hmm. i don't know if it goes any higher but it's 85 milliseconds yeah yeah and that's like extremely high as far as the software is concerned yes that's like way 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 high and and i just watched a video very recently that was talking about human reaction time in the context of video games and in the context of like shooting and what they found is that the fastest gamers out there like the the professional video gaming people that play video games for a living kind of like me i'm just kidding well that's because you don't Um, have a job yeah, I know. So your professional video game professional video game players is that their their reaction time is about 110 milliseconds. Which means that your big buffer is less than that. Yes. They wouldn't even react to it. 
It's amazing. Mm-hmm. But you don't know like, oh, I don't want to I don't want to screw something up. They say it the lowest, the lower the better. Right. He's like, well, why would I want longer? I you know, I wanted the sound to get there quick. Yes. <laughs> you don't want it with the clicks and the uh-huh. pops and the things. Yeah. Yeah. And it's funny too because uh you know, like speaking of video games, if you're playing a video game, you want that video to be as fast as possible to the screen, which is why most people were having tearing issues uh, on their monitors because the video card is faster than your monitor's update speed. So it was basically providing two frames to your monitor when your monitor is drawing a single frame. And so you had to turn on a max frame rate or a sync uh, option on your video card to prevent that. Now, yeah. Of course, with gaming monitors and uh, either gaming monitor LCDs or with the, um, I think probably all the uh, the OLED monitors out there, they they don't really have a refresh in the traditional sense of refresh. So you can have much higher sync rates. Uh, like I think my monitor, and it's not an OLED. My I use a a uh, lcd gaming monitor but it maxed out at 144 frames per second and i know there there's some out there now that that are doing like 300 or 360 frames per second that's crazy yeah it is crazy but uh, but that's still like uh um you know one well let's say 60 frames per second is 100 milliseconds yeah well and you know already and I think we have talked about this, the reaction that your brain yeah. gives the difference between it's like, oh, we're so used to movies being 24, 24. Frames <laughs> yeah. that when you got up to 30, it's like, well, that doesn't look quite right. And then when and they're like 60 looks weird. Yes. Yeah. In movies, 60 just looks like yeah. something's not right. Right. It's technically better. Yeah. It's technically yeah. more accurate. But a lot of times. We don't really want more accurate, which is the fun stuff, even with the trying to reproduce some of the old 50s and 60s rock and roll. It's like you don't get the same sound because you're not using the same, you know, technically subpar equipment. Right. Which captured the sound in a better, you know, more pleasing manner. Technically, all musical instruments are subpar equipment. Yeah. Because they have artifacts that distinguish them from other similar instruments well even things when you look at somebody that owns like a you know 500 guitars and you're like why well and they'll swear to you that each one of them has a different sounds when they and they do i mean that's just uh, reality and the only way you get the exact same sound every time is if you use something that is digitally recorded and you're simply playing it back and that is not the human factor you lose out on all of that well, but it's a condition factor. I mean, it's honestly, we've just been conditioned into dealing with imperfection for the last millennia. Like our brains develop to accept a certain margin of error and even consider that existence of the margin of error as being somehow a good thing. Hence, well, yeah. people buying records instead of digital music. 
because they want that tactile feel yeah because there's an error rate that exists they want that, that warmth sounding that it gives you, you because it's not perfect right yeah and now you can simulate that but for most people they they want to have the the actual uh you know shitty quality there well i've and heard I, enough digital tracks that have added the pops and crackles from yeah. a vinyl on top of it to try to make it sound yeah, like yeah. it's like well you know work. that's what cars are doing like uh, uh most the electric cars perf- well not not, not electric but no, most no, you performance have another, cars these Jeopardy, days i keep it's like ding god damn it it's it's my <laughs> ipad now you're hearing the ipad i have to turn the fucking ringer off on the ipad now are people messaging it, you yeah yeah they're on no agenda social uh, or wherever it's you are funny no it's it's a buddy of mine that's in new york and he has to update me on how the, the brisket he's eating right now compares to the brisket he had last night comparing to the brisket he had the night before guys really into that's brisket. mostly that's mostly what we're hearing usually that's a texas guy doing that um well he's doing delis oh so he's testing them out yeah so he's he's trying to hit as many delis on his new york trip as possible and so and who else who else would be even somewhat interested in this but you i know well you know yeah it's he and we were talking about this last night and uh i'm like dude now you're gonna you're you're getting me to want to eat a a nice deli sandwich and some uh, matzo ball soup now i'm gonna have to drive out to freaking houston next weekend because that's literally the closest deli that I have is in Houston. I would like, like to a, know what the sandwich is. Genuine deli. That he's doing brisket sandwiches out there. Well, it's corned beef. You know, it's 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 all brisket. It's kind of uh, get yourself a good Reuben. But yeah, Bill O'Reilly's been Reuben complaining yeah. about the cost of the sandwiches in the New York no. area at the delis. Dude, same shit here. Uh, when I moved to Austin, and this is now thirteen years ago uh the at the same place this is looking at the price in the same exact uh restaurant or you know i guess yeah i guess it's a restaurant but it 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 seemed like a fairly low on the fancy totem pole as far as restaurants go it's a barbecue place called blacks when i moved here their brisket was 7.99 a pound and so cuz brisket is it's pretty cheap cut of meat right so Really, you're just paying for the preparation because well, brisket yeah. by itself was about two bucks a pound because it's that uncooked. low, slow preparation yeah. that takes yeah, the yeah. cheap ass part of the meat and makes it good. Exactly. Yeah. So seven ninety nine. So you get like, uh, you know, usually at least a half a pound or even a pound of brisket. You might have some to bring home with you, but yeah, you know, it was it was good tasting, reasonably priced food. Last time I went there a few months back, brisket. At the same restaurant was going for $22 a pound. Whoa. Yeah. So now people are getting like half a pound of brisket. Yeah. Give me, give me like an eighth. That would be good. Uh-huh. Just a touch yeah. of brisket on a big old it's, roll. It's one of the cheapest cuts of a cow. It's 22 bucks now. We're being nudged. They don't. Thanks, the Joe Biden. Yeah. They don't want you to buy the meat. No, no. no. Cow farts are bad for the environment. Yeah yeah so it's it is pretty bad uh in other news um i uh one of my christmas gifts was a buddy bought me a membership to costco 
Wait, you didn't now have a I'm, membership to Costco already? Well, I used to, and I canceled it about five years ago because I was throwing way too much food away. Because I would go to Costco, I'd buy a few things, living as a single dude. Don't they have uh, snake cow? No, they don't. They don't have rabbits. And uh, eating, you know, quite often not at home, the food that I bought for home generally was thrown out at least half full. So I'm like, screw this. I don't really need to be paying for having that membership. Yeah, I agree with that. I noticed that the price of their chicken, their rotisserie, hasn't changed, even though Bidenomics is kicked in right it's a loss leader baby their chicken is about 250 a pound right oh very cheap yeah i mean that's sub price of raw chicken frankly yeah and it's all the way at the back of the store so yeah it's all the way at the back of the store so yep yep and when i was there last time they were out of it so i had to (laughs) wait (laughs) see that's the Uh problem well they i mean they were cooking the next batch but it wasn't ready yet because it was all sold out yeah, and they do, so, because one, they are selling it for under cost, just so yeah. you come into the store and hopefully and buy other things. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And so, but what I have to say is now that I finally had some, and after not eating it for five years, um, it's a little disappointing. Because like, I feel like, like you remember it. Well, I don't remember how I remember it, but I, I do know that my HEB rotisserie chicken is about half the size. And about double the flavor. Which is the way you'd like it to be. Yeah, because I don't need to, like right now, I've got a half-eaten Costco chicken in the fridge that I'm going to throw away. (laughs) So, uh, par for the course there. I ate ate half the chicken when I got it and couldn't eat it anymore. Now it's been sitting in the fridge for two days, and I'm not going to eat it. I'm just going to throw it away. But uh, it is way more bland than the heb chicken that i buy the price is about the same for the chicken but the heb chicken is half the weight so it's a higher per pound price but it also is more flavorful well they're probably injecting it with some of the uh the flavors some of the well i think it's the other way around i think the costco chicken is injected with water ah well see they that way it seems like it's bigger uh-huh. Which is the problem. Like, I, I mean, saw a dude on the YouTubes a uh, mm-hmm. month or two. I don't know if the video was exactly brand new, but he did mm-hmm. a taste test between the organic chicken breast, the cheapest stuff you can get. Like, is there a difference? And that was it was the ones with less of the, yeah. the less of the stamps like, oh, this is special are soaked in a water solution which takes on i mean i think you said like 15 mm-hmm. percent or something like that of water oh, i believe it yeah. yeah so by the time you cook it all of that if you ever had a chicken breast that mm-hmm. was one of the cheaper ones that you went through the thing you know you breaded it and you fried it mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden when you take it out you're like wow there's like three inches between the breading and the mm-hmm. and the chicken that's why because all the water came out of the chicken yeah and now it's shrunk and it's like wow why did that happen well the other stuff that's not loaded up with that doesn't shrink when it's cooked right. and has a much better texture now the weird thing is i mean i guess not really that weird he said the taste really no different it's all about the texture when it comes to the ones that are loaded up with the water and everything well, sure else. if you're getting chicken it doesn't taste like anything yeah 
Well, the it's the uh, texture. Uh, the taste yeah. is like is the same. You you can't really taste the difference, but you can definitely tell in the mm-hmm. stringiness and the toughness of the chicken itself. So one thing I did, which I think I talked about that I was going to do, but I I did it uh, about. I think it was after last time we recorded. Um, I got 10 pounds of chicken breast from Costco. Ooh. And I marinated it for 48 hours. In the bathtub? In a, in, no, in a, in a plastic bag made for marinating, um, which is actually perfect for marinating because you can like move the food around inside the bag just by playing with it with your hands on the outside of the bag you can use less marinade to uh, cover the the same amount of chicken yeah well you don't drown it in marinade in general that'd be crazy no you you want to have enough marinade in there so that one half of the chicken is always underneath the marinade and then you can flip it around as you need to um but it was a homemade marinade and it the biggest thing that you want that i want in the marinade isn't even so much adding flavor You'll get that, but the biggest thing is tenderizing the chicken, is breaking down a lot of the uh, the cell walls, and so that you can have chicken that is nice and crisp on the outside, uh, even roasted, not fried, but just roasted to a nice crisp golden brown, but yet juicy on the inside because you're gonna be um, uh, you're not gonna get that stringiness because the cells are gonna fall apart when you bite into them. And that was great. It turned out exactly the way I was expecting. So out of the 10 pounds, I saved about three pounds, put it in the fridge, and then I took about seven pounds, and then I froze them after uh, putting it into vacuum-sealed bags. Yeah, you see, that was it. We finally got one of those a couple of years ago, and I probably yeah. haven't used it in two years. Oh, really? Oh, okay. keep, yeah, well, I, well, it was because we like loaded up the freezer and then... Yeah. Kind of the what the problem was, and a lot of this was at the beginning of COVID when it was hard to mm-hmm. get food. Mm-hmm. That we did that loaded up, put it in the freezer, and then just kept buying fresh food to eat, and never started going yeah. into the frozen. That's the well, you're a prepper. What do you want? Yeah, well, that's also a pain in the ass because you have to then prepare yeah. and know what you're going to make two days in advance because you have to then take that well, chicken out and let it thaw. No, but this is this is why you cook it first. Because oh, okay, if you so you're don't cook it. it yeah, yeah, yeah. If you don't cook it, then you're absolutely right. You're just adding an extra step to cooking by having to thaw it first. But if you cook it, cook everything. So I cooked the whole 10 pounds and in the Kasori. In Kasori, yep. And oh, I and froze. they do a beautiful like, job, too. Oh, yeah, yeah. And it's consistent. That's what I like about it is consistent. And, um, and then you do a nice high temperature, crank it up to 500 degrees. And that, then you don't have to run as long and it stays real juicy on the inside, but nice and you're nice sealing and it on the outside. The outside. Mm-hmm. Yep. With that hot air. Perfect. Now, Doug but then you f- wants to know, do you like yeah. sous vide then? Have you ever, I've never even used the sous vide. Yeah. I, yeah. I've used sous vide. I mean, I use sous vide all the time for rabbits, um, well, but uh, yeah, but that's not, you're not I've eating used those. It for, no, my snake's eating those. Um, so the snake actually gets sous vide products a lot more than I do. I've used it for steaks. I've used it. The problem with sous vide is you do absolutely get consistency, but you're adding more steps because you either have to do a reverse sear or you have to use the torch on the outside after sous vide. 
Well, I was just wondering if you take your chicken, you cook it, and then freeze it, if the sous vide could bring that back up to temperature without, uh, you know, and just kind of cooking it in that bag and being done then. Um, you, you could, you could take the cooked chicken and then sous vide, bring it up to the right temperature. If you had chicken that wasn't cooked, you could also sous vide cook it. But one thing people have to remember is, um, while sous vide gives you great consistency. So if you're cooking a lot of the same thing, sous vide helps make sure that all of those are identical. However, sous vide is slow. Right. By design. And so it is the opposite of a microwave. Um, it is a much slower way to get your food to the cooked state than putting it on a 500 degree air fryer grill. Well, yeah, no question. Yeah. It's um, not for people in a hurry bringing something right. from frozen. Well, that yeah, that's one use. And if you want something like if you're catering or even if you're just cooking for a family but you're cooking like for eight people and you want um everybody you you want all the steaks to be identical or conversely you got in like different people saying that i want mine medium rare i want mine rare like you could do that with sous vide simply by pulling out the steaks at different times in the cooking process when you know that they're ready or you could do it uh, to where you cook all of them that are going to be the same at the temperature. Like if somebody says, well, I want mine to be a, you know, medium rare. Okay. So you're going to cook it to 123 degrees inside temperature. Well, with sous vide, there's no such thing as an inside temperature. The whole thing will never go above 123 degrees if you set it up that way. Right. So it, it'll be perfectly cooked and as many of them as you want to that temperature, but it'll take you two to three to four times longer than just cooking it by using heat, like, uh, you know, high temperature heat. Right. Well, that's it. That's the exact opposite of yeah. the high end steakhouses around here. It seemed to be really into the fact of they have the ovens that can go to super high temperatures. I think over at Gibson, yeah. when you go in, they're like, Yes, our ovens are up to 1500 degrees. So the, you know, then they know how to, you know, what to do so that you do have a nice crust on the outside, but then the inside is either mm-hmm. you're still medium or medium rare or whatever you want. Yeah. And that's and what the a lot of people of will do with sous vide or restaurants will do this is they will do the, the prep cooking with sous vide because you can start it first thing in the morning and get that. Now, are you still hearing the dings or not? I got no, I haven't heard them in a while. Good, good, good. No I more dings for Gene. I, w- I wasn't sure if you were hearing them as well or not. So it sounds like you're not perfect. Gene's little dingies. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So they'll they'll get everything prepped up to basically eighty percent done using the sous vide, and then as people order steaks throughout the day, then they can simply take your your steak, which is at 80% and then finish it to whatever level of cook you want in literally just a few minutes. Right. And you see some and of the, that helps the kitchen are, move things along. Well, yeah. When people are doing this at home with steak, you often see them do the sous vide and then pull out a blowtorch or something and yeah, just do yeah. the outside. I, when I did my uh, two months of nothing, but um, meat, well, 
it was meat, but it was mostly nothing but filet for two months. Well, you had the filet guy, that, so I mean that yeah, was only fair. I got the filet guy there, so it was that. That was essentially what I was doing. Is uh, although I didn't do sous vide because I'm also I just don't like waiting that long, honestly. And when you cook the same thing enough times, you know exactly. Yeah, every day you know exactly how long it takes to cook. Um, plus, I had a uh, you know a thermal infrared monitor to know to basically confirm what i already knew from doing it so often anyway so as soon as the steak temperature on the outside hits like 162 degrees then i know on the inside it was 112 degrees and it was perfect and um uh but i would use generally when you stop cooking in order to achieve a certain internal temperature the outside may not be at the level of having enough of that Maillard browning effect on the outside to make it really tasty, in which case you just use the blowtorch real quick. And it, in, in no time at all, you get that perfectly um, grilled steak look to your steak, which may not have looked that way when you were done cooking it. You are listening to Unrelenting Chefs right here. On the mic. Yeah, the best the damn cooking show it that's is. just like Seinfeld. When you're, uh, sometimes you're ordering the ingredients, sometimes we're talking about cooking the ingredients, mm-hmm. sometimes the ingredients don't show up, sometimes they that's go true. to your Muslim neighbor's house. And that happens, especially the pork. <laughs> it's like, wait, this is an offensive thing now. I mean, honestly, I think some people may categorize this as a food show. There is always a food talk. There is always food talk. That that's very very true. Everybody needs food to live, although not all the time. You no, I took one. ten days off. That's that's a good old time. Ten days without food. Now, do you feel mm-hmm. better after this? Do you feel like you've had well, a not good anymore? Reset? I'm eating again. Yeah, I always feel great when I'm fasting. I've never not felt great. Um, the first two days are always the difficult part because your brain is still thinking. Okay, well, let's get a snack. Let's get some food. But like four five six days into it is the best because now your body's adjusted to not eating you're not spending a bunch of excess energy on digestion which you normally do for a good chunk of the day most people do and uh, you just have more clarity and energy i was sharing all my biostats uh with uh, no agenda social so uh is that why it's shutting down yeah, I guess I wasn't supposed to do that for HIPAA reasons. Whoops. <laughs> Possibly. Um, oh, well, sorry, guys. I killed no agenda social. Somebody had to do it. Well, yeah, I know. Well, my lawyer had to send a letter to, to Adam. To oh, take no, it there down. was a beep. I heard a beep. You heard a beep. Okay. All right. So that was on the iPad. <laughs> Even though I have everything turned off, I don't understand why it's still making noise. Oh, it was my watch. That's what it was. The iPads shut down, the phone shut down, the Mac shut down. My watch is still in beep mode. Ah, oh, so many devices. Uh, God damn it. I know. That was the, the I tell you, the I like mm-hmm. the Apple Watch for the health stuff that it can do. Mm-hmm. But when I originally was just setting it up and I had put signal on mm-hmm. the iPhone. Yeah, and it kept binging you. Yeah, the first time you start messaging and the watch uh, started buzzing, yeah. I'm like, I have to remove signal from this. Uh huh. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. don't want all of the, uh, all of exactly. the notifications. 
too many. That has to be ruining people's attention spans, the way that they live. Uh, mm-hmm. This constant. I mean, we thought it was bad just having a cell phone as far as always being connected. These watches. Nobody picks up a fucking phone anymore either. No, it's all. Everybody wants to just text. Everybody just texts. And I occasionally I'll still call people and never, never, ever, ever does anyone pick up on the like the first time you call them. I was going to say first ring. It's not even the ring issue. It's like you call them. It doesn't matter whether you leave a message or not. They're not going to listen to it anyway. Then you have to text right, them and say, hey, right. I just tried calling you and you didn't pick up. Are you busy? And then they'll reply. Oh, yeah, that was you. No, I just ignore all my calls. I was like, OK, well, you want to call me back and I'll pick it up? Oh, OK, no. And that's the only way phone calls work. It's it. We've gone from having asynchronous phone call communication where anybody can call at any time and generally either get a human or if they're not available, get an answering machine and then leave a message for them to get later. We've gone from that to really more of what we had with Telegraph, where it was like these messages are going back and forth, but they're not in real time. They're not asynchronous, so you can't you can't just decide to call somebody out of the blue and and start a conversation, you have to synchronize. You have to plan for these things like, okay, so should we do a zoom call or like a signal call or like a phone call? And I can do it at 4 PM in about 32 minutes. Exactly. And then the other person has to confirm via text message. And then you send them an invite because God forbid they don't show up to your zoom session or whatever. And then wait for them to confirm that they got the Zoom session and are checked the little accept box. And then you have your phone call. I mean, this is, I really feel like we've stepped back in time an awful lot because you didn't have to do any of this shit back in the 80s and 90s. You could just have conversations anytime one person was interested and the other one was available. Yeah, you had more communication because yeah. there's a huge difference in the tone and how many things you can get you know through as far as a subject matter Mm -hmm. with a phone call or a direct voice-to-voice conversation like we're having here over oh i'm going to do a text because nobody wants to put like 10 pages into a text right except i do have those friends that have decided very uh self-centeredly that they can't be bothered to tape anything. So what they do instead is they click on the little record a voice memo message <laughs> button. And then you still get a ding with on your phone that right. somebody sent you a text and you can go look at it. And instead of reading it, you see that it's a nine minute recording from your friend, your alleged friend. You're like, you could have called. And it's like, Oh, for fuck's sake. Why did you s- See, you just gave me work now. You're you're basically here. You don't know what this message is about. You don't know if you're going to be interested. But here's nine minutes of your life that I'd like to suck. (laughs) Yes. So go ahead and listen to this and then decide once you're done on whether or not you want to reply back to me. And uh, so what I love to do is, is if I get those, is call them knowing they're not going to pick up and just fill up their voicemail with the reply and then they say it. so i didn't hear back from it's like oh no no no! i left a voicemail for you didn't you check oh i don't check those oh okay i guess you don't know what i replied then if you're not going to check it so if you're going to make me listen to your freaking voicemail recording on the phone 
uh, that you're going to send to me instead of typing something in there or just picking up the phone and calling me, then uh, be prepared to actually listen to your voicemail that I leave for you. And there's Is no it? excuse because while you're hitting that button to send mm-hmm. a voice message, yep. there's a button that will allow you to talk that will transcribe it into text that will send it yes. as a text. It, that's exactly right. But some people, and I, I'm thinking of two in particular that do this all the time. <clears throat> they have, I think, an exaggerated perspective on the value of their voice. Oh, so yeah, I get it. It's kind of like I could have this transcribed, but you no, know, he'd be he would enjoy listening to me speak much more. I mean, with Ryan Bemrose, definitely yeah. that's the way it is. I want to hear his voice. I want to hear the beauty. I want to hear the mm-hmm. inflections. I want to hear the <clears> anger. <throat> yeah, the anger. Yes. He's in the troll room and he says, unrelenting is always good for lessons in passive aggressive aggressivity. Yeah, I don't I don't know that we got anything on him, man. That's he's <laughs> he's pretty he's pretty pretty much got a master's, if not a Ph.D. in that topic. Yeah. Have you yeah. ever heard angry tech news? Uh huh. Yeah. Maybe. And and that's like the toned down reading a script version. If you if you actually have a conversation with them without a script, that's even more uh, prone to be, uh, you know, he does point out he's angry. never been good at the passive part. <clears throat> yeah, well, that's a certain skill I think some people have and some people lack. And, and, and did you can you tell he also points out in the good old days, this is right. You used to just go to your friend's house and pound on the door until they opened. Those were the good yeah, old days yeah, as kids. Yeah. We didn't call first. No. You no, just, at this point, you don't even know what my gate code is on the on the. To uh, get anywhere near close to the, the gate. house, yeah, you're not even getting to the front door, man. I just have to ask your uh, delivery guy that's coming in with the iced tea. Uh huh. Uh huh. That's the easiest way in. If you want, if you're running it an op on yeah. Gene, mm-hmm. you just show up. You wait for the iced tea guy. Yeah. You, put a microphone inside the iced tea, you, and then you're set. You follow the iced tea guy in. You're fine. Hmm. Absolutely good, fine. True story. True story. And uh, yeah, the, the, the freakers in the uh, see, we have a very interesting uh, producer because our, our number one oligarch, no beret is like used to be able to just blue box a payphone and call anybody. The good old well, days. Yeah, I mean, you can still do that right now if you can find a payphone, but no one's going to answer it. Well, this is no, true. you don't need a payphone. <laughs> you can do it from your cell phone. It's all free. Everything's yeah, fucking know. free now. I know you don't need to use a blue box. You, it's just no one's going to pick up the line anymore. All the kids are like, you used to have to pay for phone calls. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even if you were in the same city and it was over like 10 Dude, miles away. I was watching uh, Sopranos, a little clip from it, not the whole show. Um, and they. Um, they were talking about this scam that they were pulling using calling cards. And where you get you get a patsy to go and order a whole bunch of calling cards on on credit, and then you sell them to you know all the immigrants and stuff, right? And uh, and then you you stiff the patsy, and then uh, he has to declare bankruptcy. Yuri got rid of all the cards, so even if they're canceled, you don't care, and you walked away with your money. And I'm and I'm thinking, man. That only lasted like another 10 years after the show. And that was that whole racket was done. 
Well, calling no cards thing are calling oddly, cards anymore. No, they are. They're still around, but I don't know uh, why you would ever need them. I don't know. Where 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 are they around? I haven't seen them. I'll, if I, you know, I probably still have one or two, but they are over 10 years old sitting in a drawer. Because they also yeah. used to be a good way if you wanted to anonymously call somebody back in the day. Mm-hmm. Because this was another thing that was basically <clears throat> running a VPN on your phone call. The same concept of Kinda, a VPN. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. um, you're calling I mean, another service and then they're calling out from there. They're making the right, phone call from right. their end and connecting it. Which you could still do with a VPN right now uh, and, and VoIP. True. But I don't know that most people would bother. But back then, all you had to do was yeah. buy a phone card or yeah, steal yeah, one. Yeah. I mean, that was even better. Was it? Oh, I, I guess some things never changed, Aaron. I know. That's what the bulletin boards. That was the best thing on the bulletin boards back in the eighties was the list calling of cards. thousands mm-hmm. of calling cards. And they always yeah. there are always ones that work. Yeah. Well this this is my, not my, illegal. This is a historical mm-hmm. lesson about how things were. Yeah. Criminal. Very. Were. So uh my bank, when I ran my bank app recently, said, Oh, uh, you need to change your, uh, not just password, but your username ah. Beca- because we've found in the dark web, your info for sale. And I'm like, God damn it. What a pain in the ass. Well, stop selling your information on the dark so, web. Gene. I know, but that's how I make money. <laughs> so <laughs> I just sell my own, not anybody else's. Um, yeah. So they like, they literally forced a username and password change which is i think a little ridiculous and i still stand by and just this reminded me of a conversation uh that uh that i had uh i think when i it was probably on sergene speaks um but that i had with your other co-host um with darren right no you're the darren you need some b12 dvorak (laughs) i know thank you you know, the, the, not, not the, not the pre-show guy, the other guy. Oh, the, the angry tech news guy, the angry tech news guy. Yeah. Yeah. So I had a conversation with him. Uh, I'm definitely doing a Dwarak <laughs> moment here um, where I said, you know, the whole thing about changing passwords and it, it's just stupid. Like, you, you shouldn't need to ever change your password. Uh, because the proper way to do this is not to have a unique password for every service you use. Uh, you could, if you wanted to, sure. There's nothing wrong with that, but you shouldn't have to. The proper way to do that is to have a unique email for every service you use, because then it defeats the whole point of selling these password lists. Correct. Because when they're selling them, they're like, Oh, here's for the email. You know, Gene at SirGene.com. Uh, here's all the logins uh, to different places and passwords for that email account. That has a certain value. When you got a email address that is a bunch of random characters at whatever domain, and that email never shows up as a login anywhere else, the value is basically zero. Yes, which is why, even though it is not exactly the same for 
most email services, which will allow you to do your name and then a plus and then whatever yeah. you want. Yeah. And that's something that, you know, I made the mistake of because I use a password manager. Mm-hmm. I shouldn't have been so rigid where I would do something where I would kind of remember it. So if I was making an account on Sir Gene's website, mm-hmm. I would put Darren plus Sir Gene at whatever. Yeah. The reality is you should probably just do a random number. Yeah. And yeah. that way it becomes much less uh, trackable. Although most people, because you're not getting an exact match, are never going to figure out that you're the same one plus Amazon plus eBay plus whatever. If you even if you use very yeah, simple. Unless, unless somebody is doing that specific. But that's true if you have a Google or one of the other provider emails. But if you own your own domain. There's a catch-all email that is generally part of your mail package. Yes. Yeah, so you don't so have to where, go and set up every So you literally account. can set up anything at your domain and it'll show up. All of them will show up to the exact same mailbox. Now, I don't recommend you make that your main mailbox because that's where all the junk mail is going to go. Yeah, there's going to be some horrible stuff that yeah, goes yeah. there. But you can certainly have a separate email that is the catch-all address and then go check the catch-all you know, once a week or something or however often you want to proactively don't have it ding you when you have new messages. Yes. Don't have it as something that you check every day, but certainly something that if you get an email saying, Oh, we're sending you a confirmation code. Well, you know where to log in and get it. But the email that they have for you is either some random numbers or like you said, it's the name of the company that you're getting it from to remind you Oh, okay. That's an email from those guys, regardless of what the return address says. Yes. And on domains that I have, I've done that as well. So if you were getting a uh, Facebook account, which we wouldn't for, uh, you know, on the unrelenting.show domain, you would sign up as Facebook at unrelenting.show and then Amazon at unrelenting.show and and x at unrelenting that show and whatever yes and and that's where all that stuff would go or like i said the the best version of that is to actually have some random random numbers letters in there as well uh and then yes could you have a totally different password for each of those absolutely but it's much less important that you have a different password because when they're doing those sorts they're not saying okay Here's the list of everyone who has the password one two three one two three one two three, and there's like a five hundred thousand emails that match that password. That's not right. the way these things are organized. They're organized by email, not by password. And so when you're buying those, or even if you're just getting them for free, because you know you're like to play around in the dark web, uh, you what you're getting is what that same email has logins to and it's a uh, by using a unique email for every every company that you talk with right uh you're at the very minimal completely disrupting any organization that they could possibly do yeah and if you have one password that you can remember on accounts that you don't care about yeah. Using that exactly. same password on 10 different accounts that can't be traced to each other is no problem. <sighs> exactly. And that's why when this happened with my bank, I was like, son of a bitch. I can't believe they're forcing me to change my username now. And then I thought, well, you know what? This gives me a fresh opportunity to have a username that fits this criteria now. Did you change it to a uh, username to Vladimir Putin is the question in the troll room? 
Um, well, my old one was just Putin 01. <laughs> and uh, so the new one, which is totally random, is Putin 02. Oh, yeah. 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 I love when people do that, too. I could just I'm going to yeah. change my password from mm-hmm. test one, two, three to test one, two, three, four. That's yeah. way better. Just add a oh, different. It thing. is a little better because you're adding one more level of complexity by making it longer. Now, if you keep if you don't change the number, but you just add more and more digits to it. You will eventually get to a point where, you know, like cracking is not practical. The only way they're going to get that shit is by scamming you and, and uh, doing, uh, um, you know, social engineering rather than some mechanical means of discovering your password. Well, that's usually how it is, because, yes, if you're going to brute force something, every extra character you add mm-hmm. does crazy things as far as the amount of time it adds, especially yeah, it adds if you start time. I mean, some people, I mean, some of these systems will let you add in like alt codes and things like that. They can't even be typed, you know, at one time on a keyboard that most people would never even think of yeah. doing. Well, I mean, there, there's one little quick hack here is, um, and you don't even need to know the language, but something I've done in the past is just do my passwords in, in Cyrillic. Ooh. Because fuck you. That's how. Because what? Well, Cause, and. Yeah, you because know, what are they, they? Good luck guessing a password that's in the language you don't speak. More and more sites are allowing for the physical keys to mm-hmm. be added as double factor authentication. Yeah, and I'm not a fan of that. I'm not a huge fan, but I can understand that in theory, it should make your accounts virtually unhackable. Now, if you lose or that device gets destroyed, you better have a backup. Yeah. The problem with all of this is that it's similar to the face recognition thing, which I don't like. Because what you're doing is you're putting a delegate in the middle of this process. You're, you're, you're saying, okay, iPad, you get to have access to the actual password that's going to be used. I don't have access to it anymore. And then I get to unlock you with my face. So that's a, a way of sort of transferring the, uh, uh, the access from you directly having to memorize a password to using some other system with a, a long, complicated password that simplifies you not having to remember it by simply using your face or your fingerprints in the olden days. Now it's mostly faces to, um, to be able to log into it. The problem with all that is that it's hackable and your brain, at least so far is not. So if you remember your own password and you have to type it in yourself, um, you know, short of using some kind of a, a USB capture dongle or some some other means of software based way of capturing keyboard input there there's no access to it however if somebody figures out a way to stick a virus onto that iPad or at least simulate as though your face came back as your face even though it may have not been your face like all you have to do is trick the system that has those passwords that is responsible for providing them into thinking that it was unlocked appropriately. It's the exact same problem, except uh, not with faces, with using uh, password managers. I never like those fucking things. I've never used one. Don't trust them. 
Because all you're doing is you're saying, ha ha, instead of having 500 passwords that I need to remember, I only need to remember one. Well, guess what you just did? Yeah, you reduced your security to one fucking password. Yeah. Because now they just need to hack one password to get all your passwords. Which is why the username slash email that you use mm-hmm. should have nothing to do with you. So at least you can't be recognized because I've been using one. I mean, I look at it as there are two ways to go. Yours is a little bit more work, but more secure. I understand that. In this case, if you trust the company that's doing it or you're rolling your own, which a lot of people do, mm-hmm. if the passwords are completely encrypted, this is very much like a Bitcoin thing, meaning that even if somebody can access the data, they can't decrypt it without the proper keys. But they can't access the data if it's only in your head. Correct. And like I said, yours is a little bit more secure, yeah. but it is a lot less convenient. And uh, yeah, remember, I said the biometric problem is that if you're hacked, you have to go to a plastic surgeon. I mean, that's exactly right. No, he's 100 percent right of that. I literally I brought that up back when I was working with Target, building their security operations center in 2007. That was I mean, everybody else just rolled their eyes when I say shit like that. But that's absolutely right. It's like once you provide or you agree to use biometric data because, oh, it's unique, it's unique. But the problem is, not only is it unique, you can't change it. So what happens when you're hacked? You can't go and change your eyeballs. You can't change your fingerprints. Right. If you have a retina scan or a fingerprint yeah. scan. And it's like, yeah, well, it's all encrypted and shit, and you can't get it with brute force. Okay. Well, tell that to the NSA using uh, quantum computers. Now, I let's don't try know that again. Exactly how it works. But according to Rob Braxman, who does YouTube videos, he's like the Internet yeah, privacy. Yeah, guy. He's not bad. I, I like Rob. He has talked about the fact that Apple does not store your face. And what they're using is a hash. So yep. it is not as insecure as some people make it out to be. But I can understand that some other systems may be way less secure. So. You know, you well, have to take everything is, with a grain of is salt. It's not completely secure either. No. Because again, all you have to do is pretend to be that system and provide the same hash. Correct. That's it. And you've got full access. And in in doing it yourself, again, the, you with- you would have to willingly be giving up your password for somebody to get it. And if you're using a different email account for everything you log into. There's no chance of somebody pulling a social engineering on you and then getting access to all your shit. The worst case, they got access to the one thing that they managed to convince you to provide. And that's it. Which is where I think also the devices like the YubiKeys come in because they're not storing your passwords. Right. They're just being another level of. Yeah. You have to still give them that username and password. But if you don't have this physical dongle to provide yep. these the response that they are expecting, mm-hmm. and I'm still not 100 percent sure what they're doing here. I'm guessing it's some kind Dude, of an we, we've been in the security field that I used to be in that I've been out of for like 15 years. But, you know, we used to use RSA tokens for everything. There, there was no such thing as not having a rolling password because you, you're you can't do it. Which is what these apps do on your phone, like the Google Authenticator, which is 
hey, Same thing. you know, you have to go to your device and put that number <clears> in <throat> and it, yeah, every right. minute it changes or whatever it is. But yeah, the human keys, they do make things more secure. But again, you still have to remember your username and password. And if you lose that key, that's the only problem right. for the ones where you say, hey, I have to have a YubiKey. It comes down to and I, there are other brands, so not, yeah. not just promoting that one. But if you set it to where you have to have that, they recommend even the company recommends, well, you kind of have to buy two and put one in a safe deposit box mm-hmm. or somewhere just in case that you don't lose access to everything. So that's where a lot of people are afraid. It's like, wait, I have to buy two of these $35, $40, whatever they are. Well, and that's not too bad price-wise, I guess. No, but for a lot of people, they're like, well, I don't care about my Gmail or whatever. The old RSA keys were, I think, a couple hundred bucks. So it's not a bad thing to have, but it's a pain in the ass. Because I've run into this again. Once I set this up in my Google account. Yep. You know, I go and I'm sitting on the couch and I pull my laptop out that I haven't used in a year and I go to check the yeah. mail and it's like, put in your key. And I'm like, oh, yeah. fuck. Yeah. But I also understand that it is making the account more secure. Yeah. Yeah. For for sure. To some extent. But I I just always thought that it was both funny, but also a good, good way to do it is in pick any random star trek episode where there's shit happening and inevitably the captain or one of the uh the senior crew um not disposable red shirts but somebody else has to provide a override code you know it's like picard alpha 46 24 18 delta hike right i mean it's basically (laughs) they're just random garbage but it's uh, like at least they're doing something right there where they're forcing people to memorize a fucking code that is a one use code. And once you use it once, that's it. That code is dead. You got to use the next memorized code to do that same action again. Um, or if you want to enter more codes into it, you know, it's, it's like one time pads. It's like you got to have a way to have things that aren't tied to who you are right but provide a, a second uh level of security um and the you know the traditional thing was always something you know something you have and something you are like that's the trifecta if you have a super secure system you have to use all three so you have biometric or usually a retina scan to enter the building uh you've got an rsa token or something else that's constantly changing codes on the fly and it's synchronized and then you've got a set of passwords that only you know that has to get you in and you have to use all three of them for the really high security areas um so it's like i did all this shit i I worked in the field this is stuff that we were doing 25 years ago and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm happy to some extent seeing it a little more mainstream, but I also see that there's so much shit that's been compromised in the, for the sake of convenience. Oh yeah. There are still sites that I run into that are like, well, you can have a maximum of 12 characters and a password or something yeah. like that. And there are ones then that want two factor authentication on things that I just don't care about. Something right. like the, uh, the account we have, I think, with the electric company here. Yeah. I mean, if somebody really wants to go in and pay my yeah, they bill, they can pay your bill. Yeah. <laughs> hack my account. Please hack my mm-hmm. account and go pay my electric bill. Yeah, exactly. 
I mean, I get it on anything banking where you've got yeah. funds that can be removed. Yeah. Do the most security that you can. Right. For logging into a lot of other things. And I understand why social media does it, because that's where people are strictly being targeted. Because if you have a following on social media mm-hmm. and somebody can access your account, they can very quickly wreak havoc. And you may not even understand yeah. that. But all they have to do is put up a QR code like, oh, I'm giving away some Bitcoin. Just, you know, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Just provide me your uh, your banking info and I'll send you one Bitcoin for absolutely free. Right. Elon Musk do. does that all the time. Uh-huh. I hear. Well, that's the beauty. And I've seen these things when they first started and it yeah. was already pretty elegant. And the Mm -hmm. fact that there was a whole website built up and it was like, well, hey, this is Elon. This is whoever. And Mm -hmm. I will I will like triple back whatever you sent to me in Bitcoin. That's always great. Yeah. And there is a website scam. Right. There's a website, though, that is rolling and keeps putting new information out there like this is real. Like this person sent this. And oh, we're down to 20 percent of what we've got left. Hurry Mm -hmm. up. Mm -hmm. And people give the amount they give. They They do their Bitcoin. It's it's kind of crazy. It's uh, I sent a buck to him once just to see uh, what would happen. I just wanted to see if there would be anything coming back. It was like, I, plus, it was such a beautifully constructed scam. I was like, you just donated. Yeah, you deserve a buck mm-hmm. because I mean, it was it was a thing of beauty. It looked so legit. It's it is interesting. Um, But I'll tell you. If like. Those people that are listening that have active security clearances will know exactly what I'm talking about. The number of Chinese management professionals on LinkedIn that want to talk to you, and they're all in their 20s and they're all cute Chinese girls, is through the fucking roof. It's insane. <laughs> like they clearly, there is a, an easily available list to China at least of, Americans with security clearance. And there's oh, yeah. way too many people on that list, frankly. But that aside, like the the very subtle LinkedIn mining starts immediately and it does not ever stop. You're constantly being presented with people who want to talk to you, who want to maybe, you know, uh, hire you for something. Right. And they're all these cute Chinese girls. Well, I will say that, I mean, if you're uh, you've got that security clearance and some woman that looks like, you know, Adriana Lima in her prime in her prime, yes, is like, I'm looking for these secrets and she's willing to uh, sleep with them. I mean, she's not going to say she uh-huh. wants your secrets, no, but no, 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 definitely no. no, they usually they just want to hire you to just kind of, you know, get get your incredible wealth of knowledge that you clearly have because you're such a knowledgeable person. You know, and with with such a smart American, yeah, and they'll pay you to just ask you some questions and just get your opinion about things. It is still the way to get to the information you want. Sex is still the way to go. Oh, hell yeah, yeah. I mean, Russia's used to do this all the time back in the old days um, with the Sparrow program, and uh, China is doing it right now, like to the next level because. They have the population to where they don't even need to fake pictures using AI. They literally have a, you know, a million hot chicks working for the Chinese secret service. And they're getting paid well if they can get what they need. Well, they're not getting paid as well as, you know, they'll pretend they are. But 
but they will absolutely get a bonus if they can get into you. <laughs> if you can get into them and they can uh-huh. get into your account. Uh-huh. Just who is that guy that was uh, sleeping with the Chinese spy that was a senator or whatever? Or yeah, I remember it's Fang Fang with the Bang Bang, but I don't yeah, remember yeah, who the guy yeah. was. Yeah. But who it, was the guy? Come on, like throw that shit's those. happening not just to politicians. It's happening to all the various levels. Enough with serious talk, though. We don't want to talk about serious things in this show. Isn't that what this show is about? No, we're, about we're all about non-serious things here. News, so I've got politics, uh, yeah. drama. It's see, all about the drama. Did sure swallow did you well? See, thank you, Digi Guru. Swallow well. It's a great last name for a guy. He like says that swallow too. well. So that yeah, one. exactly. Swallow <laughs> well. <sighs> so uh, did you see the Babylon B? Absolutely fucking hilarious picture of uh, Vivek Ramaswamy in a 7-Eleven uniform saying that uh, upon uh, ending his own campaign, Ramaswamy joins the um, the Trump campaign and, with a promise of running his own 7-Eleven at the White House. Well, you know, Donald Trump drinks so much of Diet Coke. That could be a very I, it's profitable. A thing. It's a real deal. People don't realize it's not real. It's totally real. But I thought it was hilarious. And I could have sworn that Ramaswamy actually at some point said that his parents owned a 7-Eleven. And people are like, oh, that's so racist. I can't believe you're saying that shit. That's crazy. Ramaswamy replies back uh, to one of these posts with a uh, thanks for visiting and, and please uh Please don't forget the Slurpees are only 99 cents. Slurpees are good. I mean, he totally just like went right into it with a, with a, a big smile on his face. So I just like him so much more than Trump, dude. He, he's so much smarter. He is not ready yet, but he will polished. be at some point. Oh, he's way more ready. Do you listen to him giving a speech versus well, Trump? Let me rephrase Come ready. On. The people are not ready to. Yes, put yeah, yeah. Yet. The, peop, the, the Iowa farmers who are getting subsidies for not farming, those people are not ready. Yes, that's that is correct. But I think this was a, unfortunately, an indicator of the stupidity of the United States uh, in the Republican primaries. And I know I'm going to upset some folks here, but uh, I would so much rather be able to vote for him on Election Day than for Trump. Sir Cross Stitch 1333 Snow Day listener. Well, yeah, it's better. Listen to Unrelenting that, but way better than shoveling snow. Yeah, don't shovel snow. That's a sure way to get a heart attack. I know. According to science, our snowblower was ready yesterday afternoon. And I'm like, nice. oh, can you drop it off? And he said, well, mm-hmm. we're so busy, not until next week. And of course, we got like two Oof. inches of snow overnight. So did you drive it out and pick it up yourself? No, not yet. That may be so over the weekend. Did you send the wife to go do it? I should. Although it's like we you only should, have cars. So I well, mean, you could fit it in the trunk and have the trunk open. Yeah, that's what she did driving it. I was like, this thing uh-huh. for sure is going to fall out. I kind of figured your wife had a minivan for some reason. No, it's an old uh, Impala and an old Buick uh, Skylark or LeSabre. Oh rather. my God, that's horrible. The LeSabre might have a big enough trunk for it, though. Ugh. You could probably put three, four bodies in there. You probably could. I, I just, I don't know of anyone other than you that still has GM vehicles, dude. Yeah, they're running like twenty years in. Bemrose yeah. does too. Yeah, no, they'll they'll keep running after the MPs go off. I know. Right. This is why they're good. You just keep uh-huh. them going and going and going. And they were looks, always horrible. It looks like the uh, 
the place that did the repair, which we didn't know going into it, the uh, in the area here, it's Mm -hmm. 30 bucks for them to pick it up and drop it off. So it's like we should have done that rather than even throwing it in the trunk. But at the very least, 15 bucks for somebody to bring it back. That's probably well worth uh, doing that. I like the Babylon Bee article a little bit more. That was wife wants to talk to her husband, but won't even listen to his podcast. And I thought mm-hmm. that was I'm like, that's not irony either. That's my wife. That's the ball. I think it's everybody's wife. <laughs> yeah. Like, do you listen? No. I mean, that's to be just fa- reality. To be I, there fair, was, I do a lot of podcasts. Uh, what's his face? Um, Musk just posted a PG 13 image on X of a you know, a young-ish, maybe 30-ish couple uh, nude where the guy's laying on his back in the bed and the the girlfriend or wife is in the uh, reverse cowgirl position. And the guy has a laptop on his chest that is also strategically covering his uh, girlfriend or wife's uh, ass um, so he can't see it. And then on the laptop is Tucker Carlson doing his show. (laughs) And I'm like, is that the best multitasking or is this what sex has come down to these days? Is that, you know, you'd rather be watching Tucker on X than paying attention to the sex you're having. I thought there was a Jenny McCarthy bit. I don't remember if this was her as like a character on because she was Mm -hmm. on two and a half men and she was on. uh, but it was something about having a barbecued ribs on her back while, uh, Oh yeah. Being in the, uh, in the I state think, of, I think every, well, I shouldn't say every, a, a lot of men's fantasies, uh, have to Food. do with, uh, either getting a blow job while eating barbecue or getting a blow job while playing video games or getting a blow job while watching a football game. Yeah. Multitasking. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's the right kind of multitasking. And um, for some reason, this seems to like all three of those are really hard to convince your girlfriend slash wife to do. Like both of them, both the wife and the girlfriend don't want to do this. <laughs> yeah, it's very I mean, hard. It's just, come on. Just, you know, one of you. Come on. Go along with the plan here. Come on. God damn it. Could you guys get together? One of uh, you can at least do it. Come on. Oh, no, no, no. Never, never do that. Because the last thing you need <laughs> is the girlfriend being ruined by the wife bitching about you. Yeah. And then nodding, nodding their heads in agreement with each other. No, that's a that's a sure way to guarantee that now you have to get a second girlfriend. A surefire tip from Ugh. somebody that knows. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> never, never mix your girlfriends and wives in the same place. Yeah, bad idea. No, 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 bad idea. Now, two girlfriends, those you can mix because, you know, they're both temporary. Um, and that creates some fun opportunities for you. Wow. And, and most guys think, oh, yeah, yeah, man, if I got two two girls, you know, have a little threesome action, that'd be great. They, you know they the forget best, about you. You know what the best part about a threesome is? They go home after. Uh-uh. No, you could go turn on the football game while they're doing stuff with each other. You're like, I have no interest in this. I mean, you're like, this is great. I got me a threesome. Let's see what's in the fridge and order just some put pizza. The TV on. Yeah, exactly. And again, been there, done that. And it, it's, uh, it just solves so many problems. Like you're not constantly having to worry about trying to like do stuff that both feels good to you and somebody else. Cause now you can just focus on yourself because <laughs> there's somebody else focused on the other person. 
in the uh, it, it works out well in the troll room the fabulous ryan bemro says as i listen to gene giving marital advice i finally understand how people feel when darren and i give parenting advice on gob <laughs> oh i'm not giving the best marriage the marriage advice i can give is do not marry do not. ever do not ever get married it is it is a guaranteed surefire way to lose half your income that, my wife just just bad investment man marriage is a bad investment for men um over the this past weekend my wife and i celebrated the 36th anniversary of our first date mm-hmm. 36 yeah. years yeah where does the time go i know it's like can you imagine that how many blowjobs you would have had had you not just gotten the one right 36 years ago and then married and then and you're like holy over. shit that's the best blowjob i've ever had i better marry this one uh-huh <laughs> The well dries up pretty quickly, folks. Uh, yeah, that's what happens in marriage, guys. You stop getting blowjobs. Um, yeah, no, I mean, y- you know, God bless you if it works. Some guys really like the state of being married, but well, uh, I need somebody to take the uh, snowblower in when it is broken. <laughs> so I, I know mean, right? there's that. I mean, I guess technically you are saving a ton of money on Uber that I'm yeah, paying. Total. Yeah. Now uh, that I don't really drive yeah. much. No, no, but. Uh, but and and I even found out I can use Uber for Costco orders now, which is great. Oh yeah, well that's uh, the 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 here they do the same thing, but it's mm-hmm. um, what service is it? It's the DoorDash or something they do. DoorDash, yeah, yeah. yeah. So very similar well, things. They'll do your shopping. Uber, you just enter your Costco member numbers. So you get the whole, the whole discount pricing and everything, and it's just a four dollar flat delivery fee. So as long as you're buying at least a hundred bucks worth of goods. That's yeah, a but good then, deal. Okay, where do you come in then on the tipping on this? Because when we were doing the grocery delivery, oh yeah, yeah, I was always like, you're kind of a dick because 150 bucks at the time, which is now probably yeah. 250 bucks, probably. You kind of feel like a dick if you're not tipping at least 10 bucks, if not. Oh, 20. you crazy? Fuck that. No, two you don't do twenty. Two bucks. You're like, yeah. gift. thanks, thanks for. It's fourteen degrees, snowing, icy mm-hmm. roads. Yeah. I ordered fifteen cartons of iced tea. Well, they're not doing it out of the goodness of their heart. They're getting paid for it. I understand. Yeah, but they're not getting paid a uh, a huge amount through these apps. They're getting paid what they agreed to get paid. It's very similar to what's going on with the restaurants that are now going like. Well, we could just uh, get rid of tipping and pay our waiters yeah. and waitresses a. a I'm all flat for that. Fee. Honestly, that's a better way to do it just for the pay consumer. Everybody a salary. I agree, and then I just won't go to those restaurants. So it makes total sense. Yes, because I don't know why you would want to be a server in that environment. Because yeah, you can make the, the so whole, much more the other way. The whole exclusion thing, or the whole deal where you can your minimum wage doesn't apply to waitresses. Right. is i think stupid like if you're gonna have a minimum wage at all it should apply to any job that exists and uh you shouldn't have these carve outs for certain like you, it doesn't apply to farm hands people working on you know helping out in the farm well you can pay less than minimum wage it doesn't apply to anybody who's a college student because well you can pay minimum wage or under minimum wage it doesn't apply to anybody in the service industry because you can still pay under minimum wage like well what the hell now you're selectively forcing only certain businesses that didn't make political donations to your lobby group to pay minimum wage and everybody else can get around the whole thing because they do have lobbyists so i i think that's bullshit 
Yeah, so but the either, thing is, either with just the, don't have any minimum wage, and uh, they're working and, on commission, which is the same thing. But they're I not. Was, if you if you create a restaurant and you want to be honest with them, you say, right. we pay our servers nothing. They're purely on commission. Right. So whatever you give them is all the money they'll ever make, which is pretty close people to would, it because people it's like two dollars and something. Right. Two dollars. They don't understand that their base pay is like two dollars and ninety six cents an hour. I mean, it's something well, crazy low. Yeah, it's it depends on the restaurant. But with that um, said, even if you're at a, you know, not top end restaurant, if you could do a few tables an hour, you should be making more than more than minimum, the minimum wage. wage. Yeah, there. Well, you remember that whole thing that came up at um, uh, that South Park restaurant. What's it called? Uh, City Casa, Casa something. Not Shitty Walk. No, no, no. It's the Casa Casa Grande or Casa Bonita. Casa Bonita, which is Tar- Cartman's favorite restaurant. House of Beautiful. So they actually, beautiful yeah, beautiful house. house. They actually bought that. Trey Parker bought that restaurant, in, like in real life, and they were doing a fixed pre-menu there because they figured they'd have so many fans of South Park that just want to go there that they don't want to let everybody order their own unique food. So you have like four selections or five selections to pick from and that's it. You will respect my authority. Yeah, exactly. And uh the they as a result they also were just paying staff a real salary. So they were not the two dollars an hour they were paying him I think the lowest they were paying was like for forty thousand dollars for a dishwasher. Their wait staff was getting like sixty thousand or something, or sixty five thousand is right. And then you know they're the depending on the level in the kitchen, they're getting even more than that. The staff went on strike before the restaurant opened <laughs> because they wanted to get that plus tips. Wow, it's like uh no. That's not how it works. You can't. Let me let me think what what is the degree requirement or minimum job experience requirement for a waitress in a like middle of the road restaurant? Zero. You have to be able to speak the language and carry things. You have to be able to be on your feet for eight hours a day. That's about it. Yeah. So it doesn't make any sense. No, the way I would look at it is, though, if you are a waiter waitress that is good at your job and actually want to give your diners a good experience, you want the tips. You do. You do not want the flat rate. I was sitting at uh, at Morton's and uh, Ah, the place for steak talking. Yeah. Talking to the uh, bartender dude and say, so what do you make? Cause you know, I don't have a filter. I'll say stuff like that. And, uh, the guy's like, well, you know, it's, I, I've, I've been doing this kind of work for 20 plus years. So I've kind of gotten to this place and it's really nice. And I make six figures I'm like, good. I mean, that's, if you're working at a nice restaurant and you're making good money, it's perfect. That's where it should be. Um, yeah, obviously part of that comes from tips and, uh, part of that comes from salary, but uh, he said the average waiter there, uh, or waitress is making somewhere between 70 and a hundred K makes. Yeah. I mean, that's right. I mean, I can that's, tell you that there were, that's very reasonable. There were waitresses back when, uh, I was yeah. going into Hooters all the time when I was at circuit shitty that were, mm-hmm. well, it was close and, yeah. uh, and they have uh, great chicken. Yeah. 
Not, not really, but uh, the wings were better back then. Oh, the wings, not the breasts. Exactly. And the uh, the ham and cheese was actually a nice option. I don't know if they uh-huh. can still do the ham and cheese. Yeah. But we were in there so much that we got to know a few of the waitresses and mm-hmm. they were making big bucks. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, no doubt about it. And that was because guys are idiots and they'll just be like yeah. boobs like yep. a, like a blue douche. And the troll says tits for tips. Yeah, that's kind yeah. of the uh, concept. Uh, of there was there was a uh, episode of um, uh, what was that show used to be on that uh, one show that used to be the, on? it's the show where they tested stuff. Mythbusters 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 did an episode on that. I can't remember which season, but they had Carrie put on a wig. And then work at a Starbucks um, each day with a different st- size of stuffed bra. Well, she was and cute what they too, found is a she was never hot, but she was reasonably cute. I think the the 3D model of Carrie's butt episode was their highest rated episode <laughs> they've ever done uh, where she, you know, they were modeling out of plaster her ass. And so she had to be in a like a unitard to get it the impression um yeah i mean she was that kind of nerdy chick that kind of sort of could use some tools but not all tools and wasn't too bad to look at but as the show went on she got too old but um anyway um in this episode that they did the test in and it may not have been an actual starbucks but it was a coffee shop there was an absolute direct correlation between boob size and this is like fully under the shirt this is not like hanging out right this is not Uh, but the bigger the boobs the bigger the tips for her day and it was a direct correlation same person same clothes same everything just the only difference being you know going from b cup to c cup to d cup to double d cup and the double d cup had the biggest of all the tips for the day the real and question, though, would be not a surprise. How was the change from female clientele? Was that also going up? Yes. And they did address that. They said that they expected either no correlation or a negative correlation with women. Right. That would they, be my what guess. What they found is the exact same correlation as men had. Women tipped more to women with bigger breasts. So women like boobs, too. And, and, it, I don't understand how this is at all controversial. We've literally for several million years been programmed as men to seek out a healthy potential mate. Like before we want to commit to having a kid with somebody, we want to make sure that she ain't going to die in childbirth. (laughs) What is the best way to ensure that somebody is healthy? They, They should be plump. They should be adequately fed, not malnutritioned. Well, then you are very sexy, Gene. In some African countries, I would be considered a god. In some countries, you would be considered dinner for a week. In some countries, longer than that. <laughs> True. And, uh, and by the way, I, I can't believe that you're making fun of my people to my face, <laughs> given that I am half a percent Polynesian. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. Uh-huh. Yeah, I mean, that's very insensitive of you to to be making fun of people that ate the Europeans that came to their islands. Now I'm going to be canceled for making fun of the cannibals. I You you cannot be making fun of the cannibals that ate Cook. <laughs> Th- them's my homies, man. 
Well, I mean, as long as you have a 23 DNA and tests me, say so. Yeah, so as it's long as true. you're proving that with your 23 and me. I did the, the expensive version, not the cheap one that CSB did. So, which is the good one? Well, or expensive one. <laughs> right. I was like, how do you know? And the fact that uh, people yeah. like our yeah. buddy CSB have sent mm-hmm. into various companies that have gotten yeah, various different answers. Results. Yeah. Yeah. Like I'm still know. waiting for him to realize that he's got Russian DNA. Lots of. He would be so pissed. Oh, you would pay big money to be able to intercept one of those and send him back 100%. I think Russian. it'd be hilarious. It would be, well, it wouldn't be 100 Look, dude, if he, if he got one back that had like 10% Russian, <laughs> he would, he would be talking about how inaccurate the test is. Yeah, we love you. Even CSB. though the, the countries literally border each other. So it'd be pretty hard pressed to have somebody that has zero dna from one side or the other yeah in that area i mean it's all just like putting your dna in a wearing blender man the, it's the all borders literally have moved like 20 times in the last 300 years it is so uh, there was a point in time where half of ukraine was underneath the polish border yeah it moves around yeah so anyway uh but yeah, it's it. I I when I found that out, I was like somewhere back back way in the past, there was some relative that clearly fucked around, and because how else would I explain, uh, the uh, the Polynesian, the Polynesian, the the um, I forget the technical term for it, but yeah, and it's sub one percent, but it's still there. It just means that it was further back. That's all. And I would do one of those DNA tests if it was in a, if you could drop the thing off anonymously, not tie it to yourself at all. That's literally what I did. Because that would be the interesting part. It's like, I don't want the data attached to my name, but But you don't have to, you can use a fake name and then just send it to a different address. They're not asking, or at least they weren't when I did it, asking for, you know, your driver's license or your fucking any info i mean you could lie and everything i didn't use my name didn't use my real birthday info i didn't use my email i didn't use anything that i had. didn't even use the correct sex you're like i'm a uh, 33 no, year I, old I, woman i did use the correct sex but there i mean i don't think that's anything that i really care about them knowing that's 50 percent of the population um but yeah the it's funny to me how people will bitch about not having an anonymous option when no one is holding a gun to their heads to tell the truth true like you you have an anonymous option for damn near everything well you don't want it to be sent back to your address because there's only two people that live at this address so it would be pretty easy to figure out uh a p.o box could also be tracked to your name it was i did find out our buddy uh, sir robertson of two sticks sent in a christmas card to my p.o box yeah. with ryan bemrose's name on it and they returned uh-huh. it to him i'm like this is the first time i've ever nice. had anything sent to a p.o box that where, bounce where the wrong name yeah. had it sent back to sender yeah yeah and you could also have something shipped to a hotel in your name or in the fake name you choose true and then you're like hey i'm uh and then it's Rico like Suave. uh yeah i uh you know i'm gonna be checking in here and i'm expecting a message for a john smith Sonny Crockett. Sonny Crockett. <laughs> and then this is when you and I meet up and then you you put your uh-huh. name under Ricardo Tubbs. Yeah. <laughs> then they'll be like, who are these guys? Oh God. Yeah. So it's and honestly, they just started like checking IDs at hotels probably five years ago. Before that, I never gave IDs at hotels. Yeah, but you probably gave a credit card, right? 
I mean, not really. I mean, they they had stuff. I the only thing I would ever tell them is my name, so they could look it up in their computer and see how awesome a status I had. Well, you, I'm sure you were double platinum diamond. Oh, I, was, I was pleased. That was way beyond double platinum. <laughs> and uh, uh, yeah, I was in the ambassador level, man. Back in the day when I used to travel, I was fucking ambassador every day. I'm still lifetime platinum, which is something that you can't even get anymore. Like lifetime platinum is a, a decreasing club as we die off because no new people can get it. Yeah. Yeah, I get it. And we just, uh, as we are speaking here, got a donation for 1171. 11 cents. That's awesome. $11 and 71 cents. Oh my God. That's like a billion, uh, Satoshis. Yeah. Says more than 10 cents an episode credit cowboy pools in Summerfield, North Carolina. If you need swimming pool services, it says, uh, Google and call Leslie's Pool Supply in Greensboro, North Carolina. Oh, I've been to Greensboro. And then you get his number and he says, thanks, guys. Gene is my favorite podcaster. Well, give his number. He doesn't have the number, but he is oh, the guy. Dude, you should have provided a number. He's also the guy from freehollowbooks.com. So, I mean, oh, you can- cool, cool, cool. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, money's awesome. I appreciate it. I, I wouldn't mind getting one of those books either without paying for it. Cowboy pools in <laughs> Summerfield, North Carolina. You just put them into your uh, Leslie nice. pool supply in Greensboro, yeah. North Carolina. Look them up. And how I wonder how far in the area they service. Probably big. Yeah. Probably big. But some I've never heard anybody say that you were their favorite podcaster. So oh, uh, I have. I, I hear that all the time. Do you all yeah. the time? Are you well, how much I mean, money I are you usually to? paying them to say it? Yeah, yeah, exactly. No, I've heard that from quite a few folks in the past. It's just generally they're direct messages and you're not on the CC. Oh, that's true. Yeah, I should so, get some more of those. I should monitor yeah. all of the emails coming in. Yeah, you probably should. Uh, but I have uh, retired officially from No Agenda Social. Um, and on, I wasn't planning on doing it this fast, but I got flooded with an insane amount of subscription notices. Yeah, everybody moving. And so I thought, you know, this is a good time to avoid junk mail. And so I, I'm done on there. Uh, it was fun while it lasted. I gave my two part parting message, which immediately made people leave me comments that would just make me want to stay there. Like, oh, so basically, uh, selling out to, uh, Tesla and Apple and all the other fucks instead of the great community. Are you staying on the, uh, Fediverse at all? Or are you just no. getting off the Fetty? No, I'm getting off the Fediverse. I'm, I'm on X. If you want to talk to me, I'm an X. Yeah. They could fed they could, if they could only fetty the X. No, I'd really prefer not to. I am now uh, over at, although I cannot move my account uh-huh. because it failed. I get it. The, uh, <laughs> the servers are working overtime. Aaron is oh, yeah. looking into it. He's got to reset yeah. the thing that all of these instances have mm-hmm. that say you can only export your followers once every 30 days because the mm. thing thinks it worked, but it didn't. Ah. So those followers are still just on no agenda social instead of yeah. Darren at uh, planet rage dot social. Oh, is that where you moved it to planet rage social? Yes. That's okay. mine now, baby. I own it. Nice. I mean, you could uh, have an account rage over on. there. Rage on. I figured Larry wouldn't, you know, he's a, a Luddite when it comes to the tech stuff, so I can help him get set up with one. There you go. 
Yeah. And I asked you, and then and you're like, well, I kind of like the yeah. idea of unrelenting. Yeah, I, I mean, I do like the name, but I, I, I'm perfectly happy not to be on. And I, I, I will say that, like, it's, and what I said in the, in the goodbye message, it's like, I've enjoyed a lot of the interaction I've had. I think I wrapped up with about 2,300 people that were following me on there, uh, which is, I think, right around what I had on, on, um, which is really big for a Fetty Twitter. account. Yeah. For a Fetty account, I think that is pretty big. But that's about what I had on Twitter before Twitter kicked me off. And then, you know, right now I've got like 300 on X. So it's, it's a tiny number in comparison. Um, but I think that I, I've never been all that concerned about numbers. I've been more concerned with if people that are following me are also posting interesting shit. That to me is a lot more interesting than like just overall number of people that have clicked on the follow button. Yeah. The thing I like with the Pleroma instance, which is the, uh, yeah, everyone seems to run that. Well, a lot are on Mastodon. It's still like 80% Mm -hmm. Mastodon and maybe 20% Pleroma. Mm. There is a lot more functionality. I mean, the settings on the back end crazy, Mm -hmm. but there are things like you could just press one button and then send your post. 2x which i think would make things a lot easier for me because i tend to do Mm -hmm. for things that you really want to get out there show notifications new shows most of the things that i would post i would like to have on both but it's a pain in the ass to go cut and paste and take it over here it is where if you can press one button that would be nice yeah Yeah, and and i've and i've thought for a while too like if there was just a a service i don't even i mean there's probably a plug-in but if there's just a service that cost five bucks a month or something um or less that i could just give it my x account and right. i said post it on mastodon uh anytime that there's something new from my account on x automatically there has to be something that does there's got to be something like that i know there's plugins i don't know if there's a service and i don't feel like spooling up my own instance just to do that it's just not worth it be- and the other thing is it, there, there is some truth into what Adam was alluding to, which is that over the last four years or so, the quality of replies that I've seen um, coming back to me on my post has gone from very no agenda-ish type discussions that people were having to just insults. And obviously i ignore those i don't reply back to them i always i always tried to reply back to people that like posted with something that was conversational that was more than just a uh you know yes cool was article value or, too. yeah that was adding so I'll, I'll continue the conversation but when when people just shoot the messenger as it were or here's my favorite one and by favorite i mean my least favorite is you post something it's got a picture that is a screenshot of like a tweet or something. And then the reply is always the same. Ah, no sources. Uh, give me sources. Uh huh. Everybody wants an argument. Uh, I'm like, okay, fuck off. Okay. You want sources. How about you fucking Google the thing that you don't think <laughs> I'm right about. And then you get a whole slew of articles that talk about the exact same thing that you can find what you want as sources. I'm way too busy to sit there all day and make up shit from scratch just to fool you. Like no one gives a shit about that. I sure as hell don't give a fuck about these people. Uh, 
look at how many people I followed on Mastodon. Like three. Seven. Woo. I followed seven people. I had 2,300 people following me because seven people and CSB was one of them. Wow. And then I had to ban him. And then he <laughs> and then begged me to again. unban him. And then, you know, I started following him again. But I followed him before banning him because he puts interesting shit out there. And I, and not, most people don't. Most people were just copy pasting, like not original stuff and not first to do it either. I would see stuff that was like posts from people of articles or videos or tweets from three or four days ago. I was like, okay, I already saw that. I already moved on past it. That's not something that's going to add to my information. And that's unfortunately true of the vast majority of people that uh, they're using that platform. And I, I feel like there's three groups of people that are in Mastodon. I'm greatly generalizing here and there's always exceptions, but you, you, you'll know what I'm talking about. First group, Nazis that like Japanese anime. <laughs> And I'm not saying, I'm not calling like Trump voters Nazis. No, no. These are self-affirmed. Their, their, their image is literally a Japanese schoolgirl in a Nazi uniform. Yeah, I've seen With it. swastikas, okay? That's a third of Mastodon. You get past that group. And then uh, the next third of Mastodon are the people that hate X because of what Elon did to it by bringing on all the, the alleged Nazis that are now right. on X. Well, yeah, I mean, half of the these people are ignoring. Yeah. They're journos, they're lib libtards, and they're all ignoring the anime Nazis who are self-avowed Nazis. They're ignoring them so that they can call the people that are now coming back to X Nazis. Right. That's another third. And then the last third are the, uh, techno geeks that run Linux and love being on alternative programs and alternative operating systems and not doing anything that the average Joe Schmo does. And so why would they be on X when they can be running their own instance? And that's the majority of the original audience that I feel no agenda had. Well, and it's interesting because there's no doubt that the reach of Twitter slash X way bigger than anything that you can get on the Fediverse. You could see that just with Adam Curry's account that mm -hmm. there's, you know, 70 something thousand or a hundred thousand people following him on Twitter. John C. Dvorak the same way. But when you go to the Fediverse, that's a few thousand. I think it was 10,000. Yeah. So it is a, you know, 10% or something like that. So you always still, if you want to get reach, you need Twitter X, whatever you want to call it now. Yeah. The concept, and I still believe in the concept that it can work, would be if you're on a social media platform, no agenda social as it was, as an island of just the people on yeah. that social media, you should have a slightly better mm -hmm. experience. But eventually, and I if think it's you open, yeah. But I think it's been, and Adam kind of mentioned it as well, is that. Every time they did a housekeeping and they cleaned out accounts that haven't been logged into for six months and then allowed more people to join because those closed accounts would be recycled essentially. And right. they would let people get back. I don't think I ever hit 10,000, but it would get back towards 10,000. Um, every time of bots. that happens, I think there's like 5,000 real people at any time. Though. Probably, probably. 
but every time that happened, the the people that joined were either fairly new to no agenda and didn't have any of the old history and background that a lot of us did. Uh, or they were people that were not even no agenda listeners, but they've seen other posts coming from the no agenda Mastodon, which according to Adam was one of the most active Mastodon instances period. Yes. And if you're looking for a place to go where you can get that's a, rise a pretty out good of somebody, one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and that's why when you have the open registration, that was mm-hmm. the first thing I told people when we grabbed planetrage.social. Yeah, never going to be open. Nope. Never going to be open. But people that we know, people mm-hmm. that take part in the show, people that donate, people that we know. Yeah. You, you can will be eligible to get an account. And then if yeah, you're a yeah. dick, then you'll just be kicked right off because this yeah. is not. <laughs> exactly. It's not know, a democracy. No, it's not. And that's, you know, my buddy Larry mentioned yeah. that when we were talking about this whole thing mm-hmm. is free speech is great. But if somebody walks into your house, if they walk into your house out there in Tejas and start disrespecting you, you're going to kick them out. Mm -hmm. You know, they can say another follower on Twitter or I mean, X, just as we're talking. Yeah. Go follow third Gene TX on uh, X on X and Darren O'Neill, D-A-R-R-E-N-O-N-E-I-L-L. Yeah, exactly. And you've never got kicked off, right? So you still have your original. Yeah, see, I don't post a lot on there, which makes yeah. things less likely yeah, yeah. to get kicked off. Larry got kicked off after Elon took it over. Yeah, which is interesting because I, I I post a lot of shit and I've I've gotten one warning, and it was I appealed it immediately because I'm like I'm literally repeating what a politician said in the public forum. So how does this count as hate speech? And they're like, nope, you're right, and they took it off. You know, and Larry's, it was something about we need to go back to the time where the politician's head would be on a fence post or something like oh, that. OK, well, that's threat of violence. Yeah, they'll kick you off for that. It's like, but it really wasn't. But I get where yeah. it came where yeah. they- you got to know how to phrase stuff. You always have to put it in the context of uh, if this were can you guys believe a- that just 30 years ago, politicians right. heads would have been on on uh, posts for saying stuff that they're saying today. Yes. Because then it's like a historical commentary. It's not a, where are the days when we could kill politicians? <laughs> I, I long for those like, days. Whoa, 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 whoa. Hold up, hold up. Can't we at least tar and feather them? Come on, give us something. I mean, you know, I'm already dealing with, you know, trying to get the Texas clan not to get kicked off, Christ's sake. <laughs> well, maybe you could change the name of the user group. It's, it's a historical name. We're not going to change it. I mean, you could at least get rid of the white hoods. Look, these were the official uniforms that originally were worn by members of the Texas clan when they started the video gaming group. It was all white Adidas. I know it was. No, they weren't even Adidas, dude. They were Nike. Oh, yeah. Well, that's interesting. Yeah. Nike tracksuits with hoods. I don't know what people were thinking <laughs> when I said white hoods. Yeah, they were thinking something. Different. They were no, there was no hoods, dude. They were hoodies. They were white oh, hoodies. Right. Yeah. There were Nike, no like eyes. Nike white hoodies. Through. Yeah. How? How the hell does that get mistranslated all of a sudden? Very easily. It's the voice to text that gets things wrong entirely. Yeah. And then clearly. the chat GPT picks up on it and then it's all out the window. Well, you know, chat GPT is going to talk about this episode by saying things that we didn't actually talk about. I know, but it's interesting because it could sound just like us. It could. Yeah, that's true. And somebody did a great video that was the speech that, um, oh, what's his name? That new, uh, libertarian dude uh down in uh south america what's his name 
that just got elected. Oh, I forget. Yeah, the uh, uh, the one that was complaining to Davos, like you're screwing up yeah, the yeah. world. Yeah, yeah. So he, so they did his speech at Davos with a translation to English using his voice for the uh, text of speech. So Javier it was basically, Milai? yeah, Milai. So it was, it was it was basically him speaking with his voice with his his accent, but in English, saying what he was saying in portuguese or spanish or whatever he speaks well the intriguing thing is that technology is here and getting better every day and people that do things like youtube videos yeah it's already here for that to do the translation in your voice and from what i understand they're very close to adding then having the video altered Mm -hmm. so your mouth moves to the new audio yeah is crazy absolutely and they're um yes so incidentally i forgot to hit the uh the broadcast of this broadcast to we're not even broadcasting on x today not even on x why i would have mentioned it if i would remembered but also i hadn't tested it from the mac so i need to test to see how well i can stream basically a zoomed in view of a vu meter oh nice onto x because that's all it is you know when we do our show it's just a vu meter of us talking we do it's basically clean feed it's just clean feed yeah 76 people in the troll room falling a little short of the 111 that planet rage had this week yeah we need more i mean the whole thing shutting down anyway so i it's going away everything's shutting down i didn't know the internet's actually shutting down on uh, well the internet's gonna officially change their name to not have the words no agenda on the internet's name I don't think it is in the internet name. Well, they did. It is registered to no agenda. Adam way back when he didn't just get MTV.com. He got the internet as Ooh. well. So, so now they're, they have to de demarcated off of no agenda. He's not going to let you into his house. You know, you better bring some really <laughs> good wine when you go. I know, visit. Right? I know. Like I have yeah, a case. Exactly. It's good stuff. Come on. Let me in. Let me in. Let me in. <laughs> it's like the olden days i know you're home uh, come on yeah. uh, well i it, it's true and i i heard he got doxxed really wow yeah well i know this yeah. is going on to more and more people now somebody posted a picture of his house well that's not nice on on the uh imminently to be shutting down network there is a lot of crazy people out there the doxing thing is a problem yeah. that I don't know how law enforcement and the like are going to deal with moving forward. I mean, you talk about mm-hmm. the need to have some kind of authentication saying you're you when you log into, you know, your Google mm-hmm. account. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We're getting to the point to where you need something that proves the call is coming from who the people say it is. Yeah. Yeah, because this should um, not be happening anymore. That armed people come showing up to Tim Pool's no. house. Well, or, there there is a solution for that, and you should just simply be able to opt out of police response. But what if you really need it? Well, then don't opt out. Right. So, I mean, there's. I mean, although I guess that just means you have to have your own private security. I'm pretty sure Tim Pool does not need police response. Probably true. He's probably better armed than the cops. He, the people well, certainly his, his compound of hippies living there are better armed do hippies cops. really want to be armed with like ar-15s the or ones AK that live at tim's house do yeah, yeah those are a different kind armed. of hippie well they're hippies that live in a gun-friendly house 
Awesome. This is what Austin used to be. I always used to describe Austin back like 15 years ago, 10 years ago. Is that, okay, if you, if you want to imagine what Austin is like, it's pot-smoking hippies who love guns. And listen to Waylon and Willie and the boys. Well, yeah, but, it, but that's the distinction. It's, it's like hippie cowboys or hippies with guns, and it used to be true. It's not the case anymore because I feel like the majority of Austin population now are basically uh, dinks. Uh, and that's not a derogatory term. That's dual, dual income, no kids um, that live in condos, own Teslas, but always take Ubers. Well, yeah, because the Tesla is going to break down. Well, they don't really, they, they're not comfortable driving because they got their driver's licenses at 19 or 20. But they, they know they need to have a Tesla because all successful employees of Apple slash Oracle slash Facebook slash Google all drive Teslas. But it, you don't have to actually drive it. You could just leave it in your garage. Are you getting the Tesla truck? Weren't we in the, you didn't I'm know. I'm still waiting. Life. I'm still waiting for my letter. I'm leaning to not getting it though, because the reviews are not coming back very good. Um, except for one point that it excels absolutely on. Um, Tesla trucks that are involved in massive car crashes. Which, I mean, the way you drive, you're kind of guaranteed. I drive like a grandma. Um, <laughs> exactly. They, they have barely any damage with the other car being totaled. Well, that's good. That's kind of the reason I why. I mean, yeah. That's you know, you're going to have a lot man. more dead people as a result of Tesla trucks. That 1977 old Delta 88 that was my first vehicle. That was the reason why to have really? it. Really? Yeah, my you, first one was a was a 1978 Delta 88. Dude, those things were indestructible. They were awesome. I killed two of them. <laughs> yeah, I, went I had to, a 78, and then I got a 79. I got a uh, 83 after my grandfather had passed mm. away. He had one with very low miles on it. And, yeah, uh, I bet the things uh, were indestructible. I used to love going up to yeah. like construction zones and stuff when people in nice new fancy cars were trying to like, oh, yeah. zip by and cut in front of you. Yeah. Once they realize, okay. <laughs> I will say that is one thing that I haven't experienced for many years, but I vaguely remember doing this and enjoying it is having a card that is visibly old enough to be able to be a dick yes. on the road yes. and not worry about it because the thought pattern of anybody else is going to be, this guy is not going to care if I hit him. I don't want to wreck my car. Right. And I, I'm not talking about doing asshole things. I'm doing things like you're driving along in your lane. There's traffic. And then there's some jerk behind you weaving in and out of traffic, trying to pass one car at a time. He's probably going to save about 10 car lengths over the course of half an hour, but he's going to disrupt everybody's driving as a result of that. Cause he's cutting everybody off. Right. Cutting so in, to people like that, brakes. I just fuck them. I'm not going to let them in. Yeah. In an old car, you could do that. You drive a nice new car. You got to think the other way. It's like, man, I'll bet you that guy's not going to care about his car, but I care about my car. Yeah, because your insurance, if they do, your insurance rates are going uh -huh. sky high. Yeah, yeah. Which exactly. they already are. People are saying the insurance rates are really increasing, even with no accidents right now. Yes, they're going way up for no reason because. Well, there's a reason. It's because the U.S. dollar is worth half of what it used to be about five years ago. And that they can. The fact that the insurance companies can do it. But there is some gouging going on there. 
because they know it's not gouging. It's the devaluation of the dollar. They operate in real money terms. Partially, but you can find better rates usually at other insurance. If you are an existing customer, this is the worst thing is when they just figure they can raise your rate. And if you've been a customer for 10, 20 years, you're not even going to go look. Well, here's the thing. There are some companies who have uh, not decided to go up quite as much. It's time to look. Yeah. Yeah, that's probably true. Um, There's it's always time to comparison shop every now and then. That's a good opportunity. Except hey, without I have, relenting. I have one thing that I wanted to mention as a teaser. So I got to kind of save it to the end. Um, probably. I don't know yet, either on this show or on Surging Speaks or on uh, my other show with Ben, which is just to good old boys.com. I'm going to do a little review talk about a uh, fairly inexpensive night vision system, Ooh. which is the first cheaper night vision system that I've bought and tested that is actually worth spending the money on, in my opinion, because while it's not going to match what a $5,000 system does, it gets a lot closer than any other under $1,000 system. So there's a little, little preview. So for anybody that's kind of thinking about adding night vision to their prepper capabilities because you already got your, uh, your thermal poncho already. So you're pretty much set. The only thing you're really missing is night vision. Uh, stay tuned. I'm going to chat a little bit more about that in the coming week. Yeah. This report will be called how Gene got a restraining order. How would I have a restraining order? 